they were going to buy the whole corporation um, instead of buying the lots individually right. and just keep everything simple. So very, very smart. I mean, long story short, I structured. I, I knew that I wanted to make you know a minimum of of ten thousand, so I structured the deal with the buyer so that it would be a fifteen thousand dollar for me, but I would take the five thousand to cover the owner's back taxes, and that's that's right. what I do. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. All right, Mr. Brad, how are you today? Doing good, doing good. How about you? Hey, really good. Uh, it's good to get on here with you, kind of catch up and see what you've got going on. I know you shared a win with me the other day. Let's get into it. You know, how long have you been in real estate? I know you kind of talked to me a little bit before we jumped on here and how Wholesaling Inc. podcast was really the education uh, that allowed you to start. But, you know, I want to hear about that. Like, when did you start listening? How'd you get involved in real estate? How long real estate? So, and then also, family man, what does that look like for you? And where are you at in the country? Yeah, I'm in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, which is um, Western North Carolina, up in the mountains. Married, got three daughters. Um, I always joke, only guys in the house for me and the dog. So At least you got the guy dog, man. Yeah, right. I yeah. messed up and have a girl dog now. Holy cow. <laughs> keep, keep going. Yeah, um, I got kind of fell into to real estate investing and wholesaling specifically um, on accident. Uh, my wife worked. She worked in real estate law for several years. And when our youngest daughter was born in November of 2019, she decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And during her time off, she kind of got interested in the retail side of things. And so she decided to go to real estate school and and get her license to become an agent. And uh, we had some friends that had come into town one weekend and were out to eat with them. And she was telling them, you know, what she was doing and about her plans. And um, it was another couple. And and our friend starts talking about flipping contracts and wholesaling. And he's explaining all this to my wife, but it's kind of catching my attention. And so I'm asking him questions. And he's like, yeah, man, it's just it's just flipping contracts. It's just wholesaling. I'm like, dude, I don't have any idea what any of that is. And so he uh, he explains it a little bit. But then, you know, over the next week or so, I did what a lot of people do. And I start going down the rabbit hole uh, on YouTube and watching videos and and kind of soaking it in and, and trying to learn as much as possible. And it's funny, one of the first guys, maybe the first guy that I came across was a guy named Max Maxwell, who uh, he's pretty successful real estate investor, among other things. He's doing this video where he's he's driving for dollars. And I'm watching this video and he starts naming these street names. And I'm like, that's familiar. I know that street <laughs> name. And so it turns out Max is from the same hometown as me, which is Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, We're the same age. We went to different high schools, but we got a lot of mutual friends. And he is an Air Force veteran. and I'm also an Air Force veteran. So there was a lot that I could connect with him on. And uh, so I started following him and uh, eventually came across Mr. TTP himself. Yeah. uh, And uh, started following some of his stuff and eventually found the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And I mean, I was listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast every day. If I ran out of new episodes, I'd go back and listen to old episodes. And really, I mean, it gave me an education, but it also it motivated me because there were so many stories that were just like mine. And, yeah. Uh, you know, people just getting into it. 
So that was kind of my early education was Wholesaling Inc. That was back in August of 2020. And it took about eight months. And I finally uh, closed my first deal, which the first two deals I did were houses. Okay. I think it was about this time last year, I was watching uh, the Wholesale Hotline that uh, Brent does with Jamil Damji and Pace Morby. And they had this guy on there talking about land and how to get how to make passive income through land. Well, that guy was you. And uh, so that's kind of how I got introduced to uh, the land side of things. Yeah, it's about the same exact time as I, I got on board with Wholesaling Inc. Uh, Brent Daniels brought me right in and interviewed me. And Brent, it's funny, Brent Daniels does land as well. Uh, you know, I remember bouncing many of uh, many deals, many of deals off of Brent Daniels in the beginning of his land progression. But it's always good to see someone else out there just crushing it in land. So I love that. I didn't actually know that entire story. I knew we had met through the Wholesale Hotline and then the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, but I didn't realize you had been listening to it that long and actually doing pulling off house deals. So were you pulling off your house deals just by listening to the podcast? Yeah, I think that, I mean, that, like I said, that was how I got a lot of the early education and somewhere. And I mean, I was doing everything. I was driving for dollars. A friend of mine, actually the same guy that kind of introduced me to wholesaling had a prop stream account. So I was using his prop stream account to pull lists and I was cold calling. And then somewhere along the way, I don't know if it was a video or what, but somebody mentioned calling the County and getting like a code violation list. Yeah. That was where my first two deals came from was uh, a couple of houses that were on the code violation list here in the county where I live. Oh, man, I love it. Well, let's fast forward about a year. Uh, what are you doing more of now? I know you just had a recent win. And I was like, let's just do a podcast. Let's talk about this. I want to deep dive it. Well, let's fast forward now from that that year ago to now. What what has that looked like? Um, so I'm kind of following, you know, following your lead and um, sending out mailers, sending out land offer letters, um, just kind of, you know, giving these people a blind offer. And um, it's a lot easier than cold calling because, you know, you're cold calling, you're picking up the phone and you're calling somebody who probably gets these calls all the time. You know, they they get annoyed. But with letters, it's so much easier because you're, for the most part, you're only dealing with people who are motivated to sell. So, you know, I'm sending out mailers and um, waiting for the responses to come in. Yeah, man, I love it too, because it's like we've done the cold calling and we've sent the postcards and uh, postcards get a, a tremendous amount of calls in, into our, our system. You know, they're talking to my acquisition managers, but our acquisition managers make hundreds of dollars an hour. And a lot of time, $100, hundreds of dollars per hour. And a lot of times these land owners just really just want us to comp their land. They, they want to know what the land's worth. But we're not land appraisers. We are land buyers that we can purchase and then turn around and flip or assign our contract or, or seller finance it and get a passive income. So that's why I love the land offer letters, or you said the blind offers, aka it's a blind offer. It's an offer that you've sent without even seeing the land. How does that look? Like how many, how many blind offers would you say you have to send to get a deal? And this this market where land is just exploding right now. Yeah. So to date, um, and like I said, I'm on my wife's computer, so I don't have my numbers in front of me. But if I'm guessing, I think I've sent about 4,500 letters. Okay. Um, you know, over the past probably six months. All right. And, um, that's turned into two deals. Both of those were um, we just I just did a, a contract assignment. I, I wholesaled it. The goal, especially for this year, as I'm gearing up for my next mailer, would be 
to um, start buying these these parcels of land and then selling them on owner finance because that was really what what got my attention with land in the first place was the passive income aspect. So um, you know wholesaling is is great. It's a great way to get a fast you know big paycheck, but really for me the end goal is to generate some streams of passive income. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with wholesaling. I still wholesale them from time to time. I'll still flip them from time to time, even though. You know, my goal is the passive income to turn around and sell or finance that thing at retail value and charge an interest rate. That way we're getting monthly payments for six, seven, sometimes 30 years. But I have to still flip some. I still have to wholesale some to build up my cash reserves to be able to buy that land. You know, even though we're buying it 30, 40 cents on the dollar. Well, if it's a hundred thousand dollar piece of land, we're going to pay thirty three thousand dollars. So I need that money to come somewhere, and that's how we built up over you know one hundred and fifteen notes with with no debt whatsoever on it. But so don't hang your head high. I can't tell you how many I wholesale, flipped, and I looked back and I'm like, oh my god, what would we have made if we sell or finance that thing? <laughs> yeah, so. it's a good feeling. I mean, regardless of of you know what the uh, the exit strategy is. Let's deep dive two of them. Let's deep dive both of those. Six six months, 4,500 letters to do two deals. Uh, let's talk about the first one. Um, so they kind of overlap in a weird way. The first uh, piece of land I got under contract actually took longer to close. Um, that one was, it was just a wooded lot. It was about four and a half acres. It had been passed down through several generations. The owner was an older woman. She lives uh, in, like right in the middle of New York City. And she got a letter. And for the first probably two or three weeks, I didn't even talk to her. I was dealing with, uh, I think it was her niece, but she wanted to sell. So I got it locked up under contract and I marketed it out on uh, on Facebook Marketplace. Found a buyer. Um, the title was an absolute mess. It took forever for them to go through the title search. And then they needed all these birth certificates for you know, the um, the current owners, like siblings and husband. And that took forever to get because like I said, she's an older woman. These people had been had been gone for years, so it took forever to get death certificates. But we finally got it closed last week. It was a nice ten thousand dollar payday for me. The other one was a little more interesting. It was um, so we sent out the mail, and the owner bought. So she, when I'm sending mail, if somebody owns more than one parcel, they're not going to get multiple letters. They'll get one letter. So this lady, she gets a letter for one parcel of land, and she calls me. And she's like, we definitely want to sell. But she's like, I don't just have this one lot. I've got 13 lots. Um, she, my <laughs> husband and I, she said they bought them as part of a corporation like 20 years ago. Um, they had plans to build on them and sell the houses and they just never did. So she's got these these 13 lots in a subdivision in a like a mountain lake community about an hour from here where I live. Beautiful area. It's a beautiful lake. There was a paved road going through there. Um, there was electricity. They didn't have uh, they didn't have access to water and sewer, so all the lots would have needed you know well and septic. But it was just a really great area. So, but she had basically walked away from you know the corporation and and from the land. So she hadn't paid taxes on them. She hadn't paid her her fees to keep uh, the corporation active with the state, and she just walked away. So she was like, you know, we'd really like to get rid of all of these lots if you're interested. So I'm like, yeah, sure. I think we can we can do some with this. So I got it's funny because I actually got all 13 lots locked up for cheaper than the original offer on one lot. And um, the way I structured the deal was I was going to pay her. She owed like five thousand dollars in back taxes, and 
I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll see what I can do and maybe get those covered for you. So I found a buyer who is also an investor. Uh, her and her husband do a lot of fix and flips, and they were looking to build a development um, in another part of Western North Carolina. But the deal with the land that they were trying to buy fell through. So they were looking for more land. And she found my listing on Facebook. And so she was really interested. They definitely wanted to do their homework. Um, they wanted to know all the details of the land and what the story was with, you know, because they were going to they were going to buy the whole corporation um, instead of buying the lots individually right. and just keep everything simple. So very, very smart. I mean, long story short, I structured I, I knew that I wanted to make, you know, a minimum of, of 10,000. So I structured the deal with the buyer so that it would be a $15,000 for me, but I would take the 5,000 to cover the owner's back taxes. And that's, that's right. what I do. Okay. So not, not just one victory bell ring, but two, I didn't forget about it on the first 10 K, but I just did not want to interrupt your, you know, your train of thought. It was just like, I was just like taking notes the whole time. So here we go. For a long time, wholesaling podcast listener, that's not only uh, flip multiple or a couple houses, as well as a couple land. And oh, by the way, not just a few parcels of land. You said 13 lots, right? 13 lots. But not 13 lots. You literally assigned a corporation is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> and the reason we did it that way, I mean, it, for one thing, it made it easier. But when the owner, when she bought that corporation, there was no POA. There was no Property Owners Association. Okay. And so they were grandfathered in to not having to pay those POA fees. Oh, beautiful. So in order for the end buyer to keep it that way until they could get these houses built, they had to buy it as the corporation. So, okay. Man, I hope your ears are ringing on, on your end like they are mine. I hope that sound came through as loud as it was on me. <laughs> Dude, I got to tell you, I, a year ago today, I had not even done my first deal. I was still listening to the podcast every day and I'm, I had no clue that you know a year later that bill would be being rung for me. So that's pretty awesome. Well, I want to get your address as soon as we get off here. I'm going to send you one. So awesome, <laughs> up right behind you there. Um, so let's let's not forget that. And then, all right, let's deep dive this some more. So I want to go back to that first 10k because I want to know. Not, I mean, you just made it so nonchalantly ten thousand dollars in six months to send forty five hundred letters. But I want to know, like. What did that feel like? Was that like proof of concept? Did it let you know it was believable? Like you can keep doing this? Like, what did that feel like? Like, what did what did the celebration look like? Was that like, honey, we're going out to dinner, call a babysitter for all three girls? Like, like what went through Brad Park's mind? Because your wife's a stay-at-home mom now, real estate attorney. So she's probably like sitting back biting her nails, like, what are you doing, Brad? So like, I just want to know the backstory of that. Like, the listeners are probably like, why does it want to know about that? But that's what I remember the first deal I closed. I still won't forget. I'll never forget what that felt like. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's absolutely proof of concept. You know, it proved that I could do it. Um, and I'm, I'm the type, I mean, even going back to that first house that I did, that was a $7,500 assignment fee. And it's like, you know, there's bigger deals that are going on all the time. I mean, there's people that are blowing $7,500 out of the water, but so you might somebody might say, well, that's not life changing money, but it is life changing money because it, it's yes. proof of concept, and you know, for me, it makes me hungry for the next deal, and so it's motivation and it, it keeps us going. So, and you helped an, an older lady that her niece had to talk to you at first that 
had received this multiple times. Basically, it sounds like it was inherited down the line. There was probably breaks in chain of title. You had to look at birth certificates, death certificates, affidavit of heirship, all these things. Like she couldn't have listed that on the MLS with a realtor. You saw yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it ever had even crossed her mind to do that. So, well, if she um, would have, good luck. Like most most end buyers wouldn't have even dealt with that. So you served her, mm-hmm. and then you served your end buyer as well. So it's not it's a win win win. Like your seller won, Brad won, as well as your end buyer. And then the the whole thing with the the, the corporation. That's funny because it was like I think my fourth or my fifth deal. I purchased the last remaining vacant lot in a mobile home park in Fountain, Colorado. And it was the same situation. They owned all the lots in there at one time. Her husband died, who's a builder, and she let the corporation go back. So the state took it. And then the, the county was after the land. And I was able to revamp that corporation. I think I had maybe $1,000 into the deal. I sold it for thirty six grand on seller financing back in 2016. I'm still getting $534 a month on that piece of land. And it was just like, I couldn't believe it. I replaced my wife's car payment with that. And and then I replaced my truck payment. And before I knew it, we'd replaced our house payment and our grocery bill and our electric bill. And then we were financially free. And it doesn't take as much money as most people think. You know, you get one of these $10,000 deals a month going consistently like clockwork. I mean, how many more you got to do after that? Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that was a, a good feeling to get that lady, you know, out of tax trouble. She had the state, you know, blowing her phone up. So it's a good feeling to get her out of that situation. And even, you know, going back to um, the first first deal I ever did, the the owner of that house was she was facing foreclosure. Oh. She had a problem tenant living in the house who wasn't paying rent. So, yeah, I mean, every deal I've done has helped someone out in some way. And that's a good feeling. I mean, of course, a paychecks, it's a good feeling to get a paycheck. But when you know that you can get somebody out of a bad situation, that's a good feeling, too. Absolutely. And we have to make profit so we can keep the phone lines on, keep the power on, you know, to be able to send these mailers and answer the phone type thing. Because if there's no profit, we couldn't keep doing this. But yeah, I mean, that was one of the things I struggled with on the very first couple of deals is like, what gives me the right to make $10,000? Oh, well, now I'm realizing if I don't do a $10,000 deal, we have bills to pay, you know, things like that. And you mentioned, you know, some guys make the $7,500 assignment fee, they blow it out of the water. But you don't look at their marketing expenses. They might be on TV and radio and have three or four or five cold callers, and their marketing expenses are twenty five thousand a month. Well, how much did it cost for you to send forty five hundred letters? You've got to look at what you spent, what you sent, and how much you made. Yeah, yeah, I, I that's something I've got. And I mean, right now I'm operating as a one man show, so I know that's something that you teach is to keep up with the numbers. And I, I have not done a great job of it, but that's that's going to be part of uh, my goals for this year is to keep up with those numbers a little better. Well, if you keep it super simple, if you sent out 4,500 letters, you know, and you paid a mail house to do it, you probably spent $4,500 to make two $10,000, two $10,000 assignment fees. So 20 grand. So if you spend, how often would you spend 4,500 to make $20,000? Yeah, exactly. Right. As much as possible, right? Yep. Well, Brad, thanks so much for jumping on here. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and, and the story and the adventure. I got two more questions. What's next? And then the second question is, if you can go back and talk to the Brad Parks 12 months ago, what would you tell him? Well, so what's next? Um, like I said earlier for this year, I want to kind of, I'll keep looking for for 
good assignment deals, but but this year I really want to start buying the land myself and creating that passive income through owner financing. And you know, by the end of the year, I would really like to turn this thing, you know, I would like to scale it to more of a full-fledged business and maybe bring some help on board to kind of help me with some of the stuff. I know there's great VAs out there. Um, so, you know, I eventually want to get to that point. As far as, you know, offering advice, you know, like I said, a year ago today, I had not done a single deal. I was still grinding it out. I was cold calling and I didn't give up. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure somebody's listening right now that's in the same boat that I was in a year ago. Just, just don't give up. And also don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help because I did that. Um, I would literally, I'd listen to the end of these these episodes and wait for the contact information. And if it was somebody that I felt like, you know, I, I could connect with, uh, I'd hit them up on social media or email them. And every single person that I ever reached out to helped in some way. I mean, whether they answered questions, you know, over Instagram or whether they picked up the phone and called me, everybody helped. And I think that kind of speaks to the spirit of this entire community is that everybody is willing to help, whether you're helping another investor or whether you're helping, you know, some little old lady that's got five acres of land that she's been holding on to forever and doesn't know what to do with. So just um, don't give up and don't be afraid to reach out for help. I love it. Well, with that said, how can people get in touch with you, Brad? You can uh, you can email me, uh, bradbuysland at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram, bparks115. Um, and you can call me or text me, uh, 828-484-1517. Man, thanks so much for, for being such a go-giver uh, to our community. And you guys, you hear it, Rhino Nation. Uh, that that's who we interview. That's who we ring the bell with. That's who we ring the bell for. I mean, Brad, you know, he's, he's done four deals, the two house deals, the two land deals. I don't even know. We could, we could probably say 13 on that second one. So not, he, he went from one land deal to 13, pretty much. It seems like in a very short amount of time, but what I kept hearing was I kept hearing resourcefulness. Like you stayed the par. You said the title company, they had all kinds of issues, but you kept pushing forward. And it's not easy assigning a corporation. You found that builder that had just missed out on a piece of land and ultimately gave them another piece. And I, and for some reason in my mind, I believe that your land was even better than the one that, that had just fell out of contract. Am I right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. There you go, Rhino Nation. Guys, if you're interested in getting started in real estate, just like Brad did, give us a ring, head on over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land, fill out the form, schedule the call. We'll see what your goals are in real estate. And if we feel like we're a great fit, I'd be honored to coach you. My name is Brent Bauer signing off. Thanks so much, Brad Parks. Have a great day and uh, appreciate you being on here. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.